Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles in the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Thought we'd do that just to start it off. Give a little Phil Waters love. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Welcome back, Slackers. Brad, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, you know, considering everything going on, you know, and uh, thankful to be here, thankful to be with you and be able to have this opportunity and been a little rough at home. My wife's had a toothache that's been pretty excruciating, so been a little limited on the activities that I've been doing other than taking care of uh, the family, but uh, what about yourself, Addison? Oh, man, I'm sorry to sorry to hear about that. I know I already knew, but that, that's it's hard when... Uh, there's enough stresses in life to have those extra little things, but glad you guys are making it through. Uh, it's been good, man. It's been a good week. I know last week was just a, I guess this last one was a, a good conversation about Harley and, and their new plan. But aside from all of that, we uh, at our house have jumped into a little bit of work. I've been getting some gladiator work done, got all of my polishing set up, set up. I guess that's redundant, but uh, got all of my polishing stuff out and ready and have polished some some parts for the gladiator and have uh, ordered all the seals for the rear case and have everything kind of just about ready to get back together. I've put the uh, flywheel on and gotten the, uh, the stator set up in there. So I just really got to seal out the case and bolt it in. So uh, yeah, that, that it's nice to have some progress there uh, working here as well. The uh, rear rack that I've been building for the, Stripple, uh, getting that going. It'll it's at least functional now for the ride coming up the Slacker Motor ride end of June. Nice. But uh, I'll probably make some tweaks and some aesthetic changes after that. But I needed to at least have it fully functional prior to uh, to heading out because I got to be able to throw a a largish bag that'll make it five days worth of gear, food, and and camping stuff uh, on the back of the bike. So I needed something to supplement the tiny rear seat that that bike has. Uh, so the gusseting you did helped significantly. It did. It definitely makes it stronger. Definitely makes it uh, more solid. I mean, obviously, over the trip, it'll be a good uh, good trial run, a good uh, test ride for a significant period of time with a good amount of weight on it. So I'll have uh, repair items ready to strap that up if I need to kind of jimmy rig the solution should something go bad on the uh, basically the RG test. You're not going to bring a, uh, a welder with you to do any repairs? No, however, I wouldn't be uh, opposed to stopping at a, a shop if need be while I'm out. Right. But I don't, I don't think that'll be necessary. I'll bring some some parts that I can strap up or, uh, you know, make some some changes if I need to. However, I don't expect that to be necessary. It's pretty solid now, um, at least as a outer shell that will protect the plastics and the exhaust. It is definitely functioning, uh, and I, yeah, the solution I found for the uh, rear mount. So I've got a solution here for actually a rear support out near the license plate, but it actually ends up being fairly low profile and pretty clean. Uh, so I'll, I'll share that out here on, uh, on the Patreon page and feel free to, to check that out on our Patreon and just kind of see what I've got going. I, I'd like to streamline the process, the bends, the, the rack itself to be something that, uh, they could be not necessarily mass-produced, but reproduced pretty cleanly uh, via the fixed string I've got. So 
you know, keep your eyes peeled. There's probably more to come. If you've got a stripple and, and like what I've done, let me know and we can we can talk about it. But otherwise, uh, I'm just excited to have a stripple that I can throw enough weight on the back and really get uh, get some use out of outside of just uh, running around the street or day rides to to really throw enough gear without kind of the, some of the uglier aftermarket options. So, yeah, no, it's a really sweet setup and goes on and off uh, fairly well. I know you said it takes a little bit to kind of figure out how that goes in, but it sounds like you figured that out. So you can remove it if you want and keep it clean. I think that was a pretty awesome design. Well, I think what I like about it too is that the the rear supports are not as aesthetically pleasing as the main rack, but if you don't have weight on it, you don't really need it. So those remove in seconds. And then you could just run it as just an aesthetic piece. But when you need to actually support the weight of, let's say, more than a backpack with a water bottle or basic items, you can add those supports and, and your your ability to handle weight goes goes way up. And I think that's the issue I had with any of the rear racks, especially on the on the market, have a 10-pound uh, you know, weight capacity. And at that point, that's just oh, useless. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm never, other than a backpack with a water bottle. I'm never going to be using, you know, less than 10 pounds on a rear rack. At that point, I'll just strap a backpack to the seat itself. I don't need a rack for that, for 10 pounds. So, uh, you know, the seat is intended to carry that. It uses the uh, rear foot peg mounting location. So obviously they're intended to have 250 plus pounds uh, bolted to and supported there. So, you know, I'm happy with what I've done. I think it's... uh, super functional and and the rear supports give me that extra peace of mind i honestly could likely go the whole trip without that i just again five days with with that much gear i just wanted that extra peace of mind okay okay cool a little redundancy never hurts yeah so uh with all that it really was a pretty productive week it's been good to kind of take some time go out in the shop and get work done i'm setting up the paint booth got a little few things i need to paint and get done along those lines, uh, including the rack. <laughs> it's not quite painted. So yeah. I want to set that up so I'm not, you know, painting my entire garage while I do it and I can get the good uh, good air guns out and do it right. Um, so, yeah, that's really the next steps. And then rear cover should be immediately following. My guess is just due to the proximity of the upcoming ride, I probably won't uh, end up getting too much progress on the Gladiator engine just because I'm getting packed and set up and built and, and ready for uh for the uh, street triple on a on a long distance multi-day ride okay so now it, is the event going to be taking place that everybody was going to be riding up to so it is still taking place they've just changed the date uh so that's now in august mm-hmm. so we are looking at a, a different ride here in june everybody already had the time off and ready to go so we're going to actually end up going out near lolo pass kind of one of those epic well-known you know bucket list motorcycle roads basically from uh orofino idaho over to lolo um montana and it's a pretty good mountain pass i mean a lot of curvy roads a very popular route we're hoping due to circumstances right now it may not be uh too bad to to go through and and hit that pass without too much traffic so we'll find out June's obviously not going to be the least popular time, but it may not be overly popular just due to everybody kind of hunkering down. Right, right. Well, things are starting to open up a little bit. We'll see how that plays out. I think it'll work out all right, and we'll uh, 
yeah, we'll have a ride report almost immediately following that because uh, we'll get back and, and be able to record just after that. So we'll be able to talk about it when it's still fresh in uh, in our minds and, and get some information on how how that ride is and, and the routes we took and, and different things we've seen to, to share out with the community. So look forward to that coming up here, probably the first episode of July. sounds like about when that would drop. So Sweet. be good. Stick with us and you'll get more. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, kind of what we're talking about here that, I, you know, the, the street trip was only a 675. Uh, you know, in previous years, I ran the Scrambler 900. Last year, I had a, a, a the GL 500, the chicken wing. Um, you know, I, I've kind of migrated from the 900 down to smaller bikes. But also, as I talk to a lot of riders, I'm noticing that a lot of people are doing this. Um, that people are picking smaller bikes than maybe the norm, you know, 10 years ago. Everyone wanted a 1200, 1100 or bigger. At least the people that I knew and, and, and rolled with. We're looking at bigger bikes, and now I see a lot of people really migrating back into the smaller bike market, uh, including a lot of things I see on Instagram and with a lot of builds and, and builders that, uh, that I communicate with. I'm seeing, you know, 175s and 250s and, and smaller CC bikes, you know, up to about that four to 600 CC range becoming a lot more popular. So uh, why do you think that is, Brad? Well, I was just going to ask you what what you thought the consensus was, but for me, I think it's just sheer agility and being able to get on and off the bike, be able to do what you want, run around town. They do, I mean, they've come a long ways on a lot of the smaller displacement bikes, I think, as far as being able to handle the the longer trips just fine. And they're just very customizable cost-wise. You can get into them if you want to do a little bit of work. You mentioned builds. I'm assuming that has something to do with it. I mean, what, what do you think? What have you been hearing when you've been talking to these people? I think a lot of it, uh, I think you're right. Uh, so what I see, and I've talked to builders, and a lot of it is the just the sheer, on a day route especially, a quick route or a quick run, which is what a lot of people do. They'll get, get on their bike on a Saturday and do, you know, a lot of people are weekend warriors. For better, or worse, or indifferent, no judgment on our end. I, if you got a bike, ride it. That's all we care, um, you know. And and so, to your point, a smaller displacement bike really is a lot more agile and almost more fun. It tends to be, you know, a little more reliable. You've got smaller pistons moving up and down, and your internals are not as large. You don't have quite the punch every time your piston hits top dead center and comes back. You're, right. You've got less weight and less wear on these parts. So you really end up with a pretty reliable, fun, agile bike, especially when you're, you know, at legal speeds, when you're going 50, 60 miles per hour or less, you know, those little bikes make you feel like you're on a leader bike going a buck 20, you know, it's such a small bike and the wind's right there. And you're just uh, such a part of it because it's so small under you that you really get to enjoy those lower speeds in a very different, more, uh, maybe more visceral way. So I think that's part of it. But I've also had time to, to kind of think about this. I know I kind of sprung this on you somewhat recently, but one of the things I see is lately in the last, let's say, 10 to 20 years, there's been quite a resurgence in classic vintage bikes. A lot of people buying the older bikes, rebuilding them, selling them as, you know, cafe or scrambler, or whatever it is, you know, whatever your style is, you can buy in 70s, 80s CB400 and turn it into exactly what you want. Um you know, and, and to that point, a lot of these classic bikes are three, four, five hundred cc bikes at best. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And people have kind of started to get accustomed to it. And now you can buy a somewhat modern 300, 250, 500. And to your point, they're, they're a different beast. You know, they've got six gears. You can cruise highway, no problem. Long distance, they're great. Back in the 70s, you know, people took their CB250s and they'd run, you know, for a week straight across the country. Yeah. And it just was what you did. You didn't care how big your bike was. You just threw everything on it and you use it as a tool. I think people are kind of going back to that. People are realizing that, you know, although maybe it's slightly more comfortable and maybe you're not breathing as hard when you're, uh, when you're running a 1200 or bigger, you don't, but you don't need it. You can have a bike that's twice as much fun day to day that can still do it. Maybe not quite as quick or as, you know, as, as perfectly as a larger displacement bike, but around town on a day to day ride, you know, that smaller displacement bike is more fun. Yeah. I think it just depends. I mean, it, I, I absolutely agree. It, it just depends on what somebody's looking for out of a bike. And we've made that uh, comment several times, but it's, it would appear that a lot more people are less worried about having this big beast and the sound, even though that is awesome in its own right. Uh, having something that's a little bit s smaller that they can get on and just go out. I mean, a lot of your trips aren't going to be long hauls. I mean, like I said, depending on the person and what they're doing, it's going to be shorter spurts and they want to get into the corners and enjoy that. And some of them have a little bit better lean angles and such that they can go out and, and, and do that as well. So uh, it's not a matter of having to have the biggest bike. You can have a small displacement bike. That's plenty fast for what most people would ever need it to do. That could be a lot of fun for a lot less money too. I agree, and and I guess before we get too far, Brad, be careful on your landing. I can hear you're flying, so make sure you're you're not uh, you know your hands free while you're flying that airplane. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> later. <laughs> Nonetheless, I I mean to exactly your point that people are finding these smaller bikes to be very enjoyable. I I was looking at some OEM, you know, Instagram websites and, and basically social media posts. Um, from OEMs and, and one of the best examples I can think of is Harley is kind of your big bike king at least in the US yeah if you look at some of their more recent OEM uh, you know their Instagram posts that are of course are also on their Facebook pages those are more or less connected um, but they've got a couple of videos and not necessarily ads but throwbacks in the last little while that have been about lightweight Harleys you know quote unquote yeah. lightweight Harleys and they're showing off the old dirt bikes they used to make and basically the 70s smaller displacement, you know, Harleys that you could throw around the track or throw around the streets a lot easier than your, your Dyna or these bigger bikes. And, and yeah. I agree with you. I like the sound of a big bike. I, I like the cruise ability. I like the highway ability. There, there are reasons to have a big bike. And if you've got the means to have multiple bikes, a big one makes a ton of sense for most people that are doing multi-day rides or longer rides but you know if you just got the one bike there's nothing wrong with a smaller bike and just using it to its fullest yeah for sure it's all about just having a bike you made that point earlier i mean having a bike and being able to go out and just ride th that i think is the biggest uh advantage and and perk of having a motorcycle is being able to hit the open road or any road and really enjoy it a lot more than you would if you were just driving your commuter car no, I agree with you. And, and that's exactly where I wanted to go with this is I, you know, if you're thinking of a bike, thinking of wanting to get into riding, 
you can find a lot of lo small displacement, smaller bikes that are available at a fairly low cost, and you're going to have a friggin' blast. I mean, it, it is just so much fun to whip those around, and especially the smaller ones that are more suited for you know street riding. You know, the the chicken wing was a bit big and heavy. It was trying to be a gold wing with the displacement of a 500 cc engine. Yeah. And so you know that's why the Gladiator to me is so exciting. Is you still have that same fun cruise V twin sound and feel, but on a lightweight bike that is actually small and, and lightweight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I see a, a pretty, pretty good market for these smaller bikes. And I think it's a, a good place, especially for whether you've got multiple bikes and you just want to go around town bike, but especially for these new riders, if you're getting into riding, now's the time. Um, you know, things are opening back up. The weather's good. I know multiple people now that are getting their endorsement and getting into motorcycles, whether it be a smaller dual sport or a smaller street bike or smaller sport bike. Really, there's small displacement, lightweight, very fun day-to-day -day options for all of these. And, and I'm excited to see what happens with this market. I, I'm curious if some of it might be due to the current economic situation that you can get a small bike a lot cheaper. So if you're doing a customer, doing what you want, that's the cost-effective manner. And as things come back to normalcy, come back as the economy builds back up, if we yeah. start seeing bigger displacement showing up again. But uh, I have no problem with this trend hanging around. I, I like it. I think there's benefits to it. No, I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what people are riding around. I know that it's getting nice weather out and and just being able to hit the roads on, on something. And, and from what I've seen, at least browsing uh Craigslist, offer up, and others is a lot of those uh, smaller bikes are are going for a decent amount of money. They're still cheap in comparison to many other bikes, but uh, they don't really stick around for a long time. So it seems like people are still buying and and getting out on the roads. So that's uh, exciting to see. I agree. Now, as someone with a, a KLR two fifty, is there a reason you went two fifty over six fifty, or would you prefer a six fifty? Well, between the two, I think that the KLR250 isn't as top-heavy uh, for a lot of on-off-road riding. Uh, it seemed like a, a good fit for me. I know that my I purchased it from my brother, so, I mean, that, and, and I got it for a decent deal, so that and that was part of the reason why I bought it, but I, for me, if I was, if it would have been between the 250 and the 650, I still would have picked the 250. Now, on a lot of these rides, when people are going out and, and going on longer trips, I think the 650 would have just been able to, to do a little bit more and been a little bit more capable. But uh, I, I just really enjoy having something that is really light, really agile. It does what I want it to do. I push it to its limits, and I'm not going to have anything crazy like I would have happen on, like, uh, on a – something that was a leader bike where if you aren't careful with what you're doing, you're, you're going to get yourself in a predicament that you don't want to be in. And, and not that that doesn't happen on a smaller bike, but I mean, I can rip through the corners pretty hard, pretty fast. And, and I mean, I keep up with most people on, on any bike that they're on once we hit the, the true corners where it's a little bit more technical and not, uh, you know, 60 miles per hour and higher. So, for me, it's just a lot of fun. I love it. And I would recommend it to anybody, not just a beginner, but a small bike in general is a blast. It is fun 
to be able to go out and do it and not have a lot of the concerns that you might have on a larger bike. I think that's fair. I appreciate your comments there because I, I can see that benefit, especially I, I kind of look at dual sports now and some of the specifically the four stroke dual sports stuff that I can put around with the kids and just, just casually ride it as well. I mean, you get that, that fun of being able to corner and drive around town a little more aggressively because your top speeds aren't quite as high. So when you're really pushing it and running full throttle, it's just a different thrill when you're using all of the engine. Um, rather than just what little percentage you can below 40, you know? Right. You really have to plan your shifts and what gear you're in. And I mean, not that you don't do that with other bikes, but it's even more critical if you want to take full advantage of the motorcycle. So for me, not being a huge autonomous guy, uh, although there's some coolness and and very uh, comfortable um, aspects of uh, a lot of what you can get on bigger bikes, be really having to focus on what you're doing, focusing on your shifting and how you're modulating the throttle and the uh, clutch. All of that for me is just awesome. I love manual transmission cars, huge advocate of that. Even if they don't make sense in a lot of applications, it's still just, it's the driving factor. It's just being able to have that control and, and knowing that I have to do this right. If I, and if I do, the reward is amazing if, but I could also screw it up and I'm going to lose power climbing this hill or whatever the case may be. So it's kind of a challenge for me. I, I enjoy that part of it. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I can see that. It's uh, definitely a, a fun experience to try to, uh, you know, take, take that and maximize and learn. And, and I can see that the, the learning curve maybe to uh, be highly successful with that vehicle would be, different which would add an extra extra little adventure to it but you know i also like that idea that you know if you're not running especially the the more go fast the larger bikes it's easier to just kind of hang out with anyone maybe you know to your point if you're in the the a group that's going across country at 99 miles an hour then that may not be true but when you're just cruising on a day ride looking for just the adventure of the ride stopping taking pictures enjoying the day you know, you don't need any, anything big for that. You yeah. can use whatever you got and you can really enjoy. And so that's something I'm trying to kind of get a little bit more back into after getting a sportier bike. I find on my rides now I'm stopping more, taking pictures, enjoying, sitting out, looking at the view and, uh, you know, taking a little bit slower just because, you know, that, that that's part of riding is enjoying your surroundings and being part of the environment around you. So, I, you know, a smaller bike, you you have no disadvantage in that game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to you getting that Gladiator done. That's going to be uh, really exciting. I'm looking forward to the KLR back on the road. I know, I know. <laughs> All in good time, man. It's uh, it's rough times right now. Kind of weird stuff comes yeah. up when you put it on the sideline. It's not where I want to be, but uh, I'm still thankful. And I, I know that I've got opportunities and man, I would like to get another bike. And so we'll see what pans out. Got to, got to wait for, for a little bit though. Yeah, that's fair. I, you know, family first and, and making smart choices comes, uh, comes as the priority. So I hear what you're saying and, and I'm glad you're still at least working on it and it's sitting in the back burner, at least not, uh, you know, in a crate in somebody else's garage. So. No, and it's all ready. It's just, I just got to make a purchase. That's what's holding me up. That's fair. Nonetheless, appreciate uh, appreciate everybody tagging along. Let us know what you think. If you're a, a fan of smaller bikes or if you hate smaller bikes, let us know. 
Uh, of course, you can check us out on Facebook, Slacker Motor Radio. Uh, you can make comments onto the website itself, or uh, Patreon page is a really good place to catch us. That's all Slacker Motor Radio. But we appreciate you listening. Look forward to uh, talking with you next week. We'll have uh, hopefully a little bit new then. There's some some items in the works, so uh, we'll, we'll be a little less vague as that comes out. Um, but with the current times, it's harder to get the ball rolling on this stuff. So once we know what's going on, let everybody know we don't want to give false hope too early. But I uh, appreciate your time. Appreciate everybody joining us. And we look forward to talking to you next week. Until next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.